Hello, I'm Kimberly Dondo, Digital Content Manager, and welcome to In Conversation With, the podcast series that delves into the world of financial services and brings you face-to-face with some of the most notable figures in the industry. Listen as we discuss topics that are currently facing the industry and hear from visionary CEOs to disruptive innovators as we bring you a diverse array of voices and perspectives. We'll explore the challenges they faced, the lessons they've learned, and the insights they have to share about the ever-evolving landscape of financial services. Hello and welcome to In Conversation With. I'm Kimberly Dondo, Digital Content Manager, and in today's episode, I'm joined by Michael Field, European Equity Strategist at Morningstar. So thank you for joining me today, Michael. Thanks, Kimberly, for having me on. Okay. Um, So could you give us a bit of a background into how you got started in financial services? Yeah, so it was it was a while back now at this stage. It's probably like 15 years since I first started working in the industry, which sounds a little scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose at the time it was, uh, it still is to some degree, but it was a very um, growthy industry, a lot happening. We were at the tail end of the, the last boom, which which ended very badly. Yeah. Uh, with my start in the industry, which wasn't ideal, but um, at least it gave us something to to talk about and to kind of absorb. So interesting times. Yeah. Now, I think you probably got to learn a lot faster than other people that might have started a decade before you did. So that's a positive way to look at it. Um, but um, looking at your background, I thought you'd be best posed to like uh, answer a few of the questions that I have for you today. So I guess my first one will be, um, you've been looking closely at um, the quarterly outlook. Um, So could you provide our audience an overview of the current trends and takeaways from your recent assessments? Sure. So I think like from a macro perspective, that's kind of the first thing to, to address, I suppose. It's been a difficult kind of environment. Um, you've got high interest rates, you have high, albeit falling inflation, and all of that then is putting a lot of pressure on businesses and consumers. And we're seeing that in in stocks and how they're performing during their earnings season as a result of this. Mm-hmm. But despite the kind of challenges that I'm talking about, the markets themselves are still riding high. If I look at the FTSE, for example, it's maybe seven or eight percent off its all-time highs. So mm-hmm it's it's crazy to think that we're in the midst of all these challenges and yet investors are still so optimistic about everything so and if we look at our kind of bottom up valuation as well we're we're saying that european markets as a whole are very very close to being fairly valued um so from that perspective then stock selection sector selection all of that's really important mhm and in your analysis, you've cross-compared the valuations of various industries and stocks. Can you share some insights into which sectors are showing promise and potential and challenges in the current market scenario? Yeah. So unusually, and I, and I say that um, in all seriousness, because it's not something that happens very much when we look at sectors, is that every single sector we cover is trading slightly below our fair value estimate. There's mm-hmm. differences in this, of course. You've got some kind of defensive stocks, utility sectors that are trading pretty close to the fair value estimate, albeit with a little bit of upside. But then you've got the other end of things. You've got more cyclical sectors, communications, for instance, consumer cyclicals, financials, 
models and all of these are offering really attractive upside from here. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously the political and economic landscape is always a significant factor in market performance. Um, We've heard news today of inflation falling to 6.8%. But how do the industries and stocks you've analyzed fare against the backdrop of the current political and economic conditions? So it's a real it's a real mixed picture. You know, we expect, like like most people, um, inflation to continue to fall from here, which then takes the pressure off central banks, which means interest rates should come down as well at some point. But the big question around this is is how long is this going to take and what kind of damage can be done in the meantime? And for some of those sectors that are particularly exposed to interest rates, and I'm sure we'll we'll delve into them as we go along. Um the longer this goes on, the more pain they've got to absorb. And, you know, the value of those stocks and those sectors should take a hit if indeed that it does take longer than we expect. Okay. And could you elaborate on any potential opportunities or risks that investors could should consider given the evolving political and economic dynamics? Yeah. So if interest rates stay high, then, you know, you've got opportunities in areas like banks, for instance, many of which are kind of undervalued. It's one of our most kind of undervalued sectors in Europe. Likewise, then, if if interest rates ease, they should take off some of the pressure on consumers and businesses. Mm-hmm. And then that will stimulate sectors like consumer cyclicals and industrials. And obviously, then, if, if interest rates remain longer f- for an extended period of time, then all of those sectors that I mentioned there are going to experience the opposite of that. And they're going to struggle, I think, over the next 12 months if that if that does happen. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense to me. Um, but uh, at Morningstar, um, you have recently expressed caution towards the insurance industry in in particular, um, what are the factors contributing to this perspective and what implications might they have for investors? Yeah, so uh, we released a report, this kind of monster 65-page report on the insurance sector recently. And kind of the key takeaways from that were that the insurance sector is experiencing some tough conditions at the moment. It's it's four things. So firstly, you've had um, a period during COVID when things were pretty benign. You know, industries weren't operating at full belt. People were staying at home more um, and claims as a result were really low. And then you've seen the tail end of that coming out of coming out of the pandemic when everything's opened up again. And then suddenly those industries um, are operating at full tilt and people are back out traveling and working, et cetera. And suddenly they're getting an influx of claims. So the insurance industry is suddenly getting a huge influx of claims, mm-hmm. making this worse as well as the fact that inflation's risen so much over the last couple of years, which means yeah. that the cost of actually paying out those claims is going up. If you ride off a car now, it's going to cost more than it did two years ago. Mm-hmm. So insurance industries are feeling the pain from inflation. Um, and kind of being back to more of a normal level of you know industry. Mm-hmm. And then the other two are around interest rates. So what you're seeing as well is the fact that with high interest rates, um, we get into the technicals here, but the actual assets on their balance sheet are technically worth less. So that means that when they try to match their assets and liabilities, um, you know, their assets aren't worth what they used to be. So that's causing a problem. Mm-hmm. And the last issue within, again, with interest rates is around debt. So insurance companies often, because they're regulated financial, you know, financial service entities, mm-hmm. they can offer quite a lot of debt, right? It's not a huge risk to them. Mm-hmm. However, um, 
the downside to operating with high levels of debt is that when interest rates go up as they are at the moment, the cost of actually servicing that debt rises too, and then your profits get squeezed. So you're seeing all four of those effects at once hitting insurance companies, which obviously isn't great news. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a lot, um, especially for an industry that seems to always do well, no matter uh, what the economic climate might be. But yeah, um, I also find it interesting that investors seem to be taking a long term view, um, which is popping up the markets. So can you delve into the reasons behind this behavior and its effects on investment strategies? So, you know, usually it's the other way around. We're complaining that investors are being too short term and they're not seeing the long term picture. And this kind of seems to be the opposite to some degree that, you know, given the conditions that I mentioned and the fact that interest rates might actually rise again, you know, before the end of the year, usually in these normal circumstances, you'd expect markets to panic a little bit or markets to fall a little bit. But it's it's the opposite that markets are very close to their all time highs. So, you know, we've opined that basically this is investors kind of seeing through the current malaise and seeing through to six, 12 months time when the picture is a bit rosier and when conditions are a little bit better. Um, and they're seeing that, you know, ultimately you've got a lot of industry and businesses that are solid fundamentally um, and that should be positioned well for the longer term. So that's the kind of view they're taking. Um, so that that's kind of one rationale behind it. So I think... I think possibly the, the the negative then maybe is the fact that markets or investors are sim- simply being just kind of bullish. We're the tail end of a bull market that's been going kind of 13, 14 years at this point. Yeah. A lot of investors don't want to believe that it's over or want to believe that central banks can now kind of control the recession picture better than they could before. And that we'll just have a very light recession, if any, and then we'll go back to kind of a growth period again. So I think it's a combination of kind of being rational and being longer term, but also being maybe too optimistic about where we are in the cycle as well. Yeah. And then in terms of the second part of your question about, you know, how is this affecting investment strategies? I think traditional long-term value investors, those guys that, you know, look at stocks when they're cheap and look at the market and look at the conditions they're probably struggling at the moment to some degree they're looking at the market and saying look it's broadly fairly valued there's a lot of negative macroeconomic pictures so we're going to bow out we're going to wait until things look more attractive to us when things look cheaper and you know it hasn't become that kind of place where there's bargains you know for for more than probably a year and a half at this stage so i think those kind of strategies are probably struggling in in these kind of environments yeah and I guess since you're here, uh, your insights and the knowledge that you have are valuable to both seasoned financial advisors and newcomers to the field. So how can advisors effectively utilize your analysis and recommendations to guide their clients' investment decisions? So, you know, Morningstar Equity Research, it's it's global. Um, you know, we have a, we have a large kind of... Um, output an office in in the US and in Europe we're a pretty sizable team as well so we've got a coverage of only of above about 1500 stocks at this point so from an investor advisor's perspective we um we're able to kind of service those needs effectively i think is is the kind of the the outcome from that I think advisors and clients generally use our research in different ways. You have some advisors that, you know, incorporate 
our coverage and our recommendations completely into their lists and then you know advocate that the advisors buy and sell according to these kind of um valuations that we put out and then you know at the other end of things you've got clients that use our research then to kind of augment their own you know in-house processes and try to fill in gaps perhaps whether analyst teams um you know don't have great knowledge in a certain sector or they want to get another opinion in a certain sector mm-hmm and um, from that, um, in your experience, what role do data-driven insights, such as provided by Morningstar that you just talked about, play in helping financial advisors make informed and strategic choices for their clients? So I think in equity research, it's hugely important to have some kind of data-driven um, perspective. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, from a bottom up perspective, you know, looking at equity research, we combine, you know, what what we do well is we combine the, the story of the stock. So, you know, the fundamentals of the stock in terms of its competitive advantage and how that's going to affect things going forward. And then we're able to build and incorporate that into valuations effectively to show um, what the company should actually be worth or what the stock should be worth in, in, in years to come. And then from that, we build out a, a star rating framework, you know, that tells you if the stock is, is five stars, then it's obviously great value and you should buy as much of it as you can. And if it's one star, then that it's, you know, time to sell that stock, that it's overvalued and then everything else in between. So I think all of that stuff together kind of gives you the combination of data driven, but also kind of a qualitative perspective of the market. Yeah. And finally, um, what advice would you give to financial advisors who are navigating this complex market conditions and striving to provide the best guidance to their clients? So I think it's a particularly tough time for financial advisors at the moment, particularly when interest rates are so high, you know, they, from, from, from what we've seen, you know, they've kind of inundated with questions from their clients asking them why one, why shouldn't they just put their money into an investment account and, you know, get, get whatever the government are paying at this stage. Why are they trying to chase that yield and putting their money on the line in equity markets and other type of markets? Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately you have to kind of, always reiterate the message and come back to the fact that it's important to take a long-term view that, okay, interest rates are high today, but they may, you know, they may fall again in the next 12 months. Um, And those returns that they're chasing might not be there that over the longer term equity markets provide the best returns. So that's where you should be looking to invest. Um, And you should be looking at the fundamentals like we spoke about, you know, which which markets, which sectors are cheap, which stocks have competitive advantages, which are going to perform over the longer term. And you really have to stick with that plan then. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Michael. Um, I think that was very interesting and I'm hoping that it will help a lot of our advisors who listen. Great to speak with you too. Thank you for listening to In Conversation With. We do hope that you enjoyed it. Please do keep up to date with all our new releases via Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts from. You can also keep up to date with all our new content published on the Money Marketing website, as well as our print edition, Money Marketing Magazine. So make sure to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. See you next time.